Hi, and welcome to Ruin. I'm your host, Gina Fleming, and recently I was able to sit down with my mentors and good friends, Scott and Marcy Neri, and discuss ministry. Now, Scott and Marcy are the overseers and founders of 425 Fire Ministries International, and they have been in ministry for a good while now. And so I felt like that they really had uh, some insider information to share with the rest of us. So join us as we discuss ministry, church hurt, and the deconstruction movement. I hope it blesses you. So we've been talking a lot about relationships and uh, our podcast. I think that's really been what we focused on pretty much the whole time. I I like the name of the podcast. Yeah. So we definitely need Scott to to tell us the story about how the podcast got its name as well. It's it's got a unique name. It's called called the Ruin Podcast. Mm -hmm. Yep. But actually, when you break it down, R-U-I-N, R-U-N. Right. Right. And that came about because uh, we were talking about... School of Life, mm-hmm. and um, was it Randy that prayed yes, for all of us? Yes, it was Randy. And his prayer was to ruin us. And I was commenting how I had prayed that prayer before uh, a few years ago and realized that God, you know, he definitely took me up on that offer. And Scott was like, that's the name of your podcast. <laughs> and when he said it, I was like, because, you know, we had been kind of yeah. racking our brains over it. And finally, I told Marcy, I don't think I'm supposed to name it. Because <laughs> it's not going to come from me because I just couldn't. But it, came, it was, like, very similar uh, along those lines. But he put, a like, he just put the piece in the right place. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think that is it. That's how, that's how God works. He actually will ruin an old mindset to actually get you to ascend to a new mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. We got to be ruined. We yeah. have to be decimated. We exactly. have to, all those things have to be broken down so that we can be re- rebuilt on truth because we have so many lies. Tell right? it, girl. Tell it. Yeah. And so earlier we were talking about, you know, what we wanted to discuss today and the um, topic of deconstruction came up. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but there's a whole movement, um, the deconstruction movement, where people are not only leaving the church, but they're really uh, angry, angry, and trying to kind of tear down everything that can be torn down. And like we just said, there is a place for that, but it has to be done with the Lord, because if we do it in our own strength and we are left with offenses and pride and, and we tear down more than what we are supposed to. We we tear out the, the wheat with the tears, yeah. right? And yeah. so I, because these guys have such a ministry of equipping the body and because they're called to this community that's kind of, I mean, we can be messy at times oh, and everything. Yeah. I just really felt like they had such a good perspective on how to handle the offenses that come, yeah. how to see that things are not always in their proper place and they need some correction, but how do we do that and not throw the baby out, out with the bathwater and throw everything away and run because I think that's really what the deconstruction movement is, yeah. right? Is running. Yeah. And, and the thing is, there is a level, just like Gina said, that God does tear down things, but God only tears down things to bring them up and make them better. But he never calls us to do to remove the ancient boundaries established by the fathers. That's why Proverbs 22 verse 28 says, do not move the ancient boundaries established by the fathers because the reason those boundaries are there is for the safety of the body. However, there are some people nowadays in the whole deconstruction movement that they don't believe that there's such a thing as hell. I mean, 
And if the, my, my thing is, if there's no such thing as hell and everybody's going to heaven, why be a, do the work of an evangelist? I mean, why would right. why be a missionary if everybody's going to the same place? We might as well just stay home and eat, you know. But uh, again, thank you, Gina, for having me and Marcy on your podcast. Oh, thank you. We, we, how long have we known each other? Oh, gosh. It's been a while. Yeah, I want to yeah. say it has been 20, a while. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, the, the, I think. Because Gina was with us at the very beginning. So when she says she sees what we do now, she saw the process mm -hmm. of what we've actually navigated through, through also the hard relationships. Yeah. And and the growth that comes from it is yeah. just, I mean, it's, it's just mind blowing because you wouldn't think that good things can come out of some of these, these really hard positions that you guys have been in. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So what can you can you share a little bit about actually first can you share a little bit about being a part of a church you're not in you're not the leader but maybe you're in leadership and being offended because people are misusing you or you know from your perspective they're not honoring you guys and you know that you have a call of the lord on your life you know that you're supposed to be you know, doing the work of an evangelist of, of you know, what you've, you're called to and you're getting nothing but pushback right. and how, how did that feel? And what did you guys do with that? Cause I know you had to be tempted to just th throw everything away. So, okay. So for me, um, and this was before I ever met Scott, um, I was attending a local Foursquare church here in our area. And, um, I was not involved with the church um, as far as really, like, real involvement, um, like, serving anywhere, with the exception of I would serve in the nursery because my children, mm -hmm. my children actually use the, you know, use the nursery, nursery facility. So I would, I would put my time there, but I did feel as though there was a calling on my life to minister to people. Mm -hmm. I did. Me personally, though, I can't relate to, you know, wanting to be in, in the, in the church doing it because my call was always outside of the church. And I've, I've always felt at that point in my life, it, of course, it's kind of changed since then. Now I am called to the church. Right. But at that point in my life, I, I recognized that what the Lord was asking me to do was outside of the church walls. Everybody in the church already was being taken care of, of the leadership that was already established there. So I, I did, I never like wanted a spot in leadership in within the church. Mm -hmm. I just, I never did, but I knew that the Lord had called me to minister. Mm -hmm. So um, at that point in my life, I, I was ministering everywhere I went and that fulfilled that, that call that fulfilled that invitation for me that I felt of the Lord. And so to, I, I know what we deal with a lot is, you know, people feeling called to, to meant to the ministry, but they're wanting them. Like they want, they want to be up in front of the congregation mm -hmm. in order to do it. They feel like that they're, that, that that's, that's their end goal. Right. And, and of course it absolutely could be, right. but you have, 
you have to steward what the Lord's already given you. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, everything starts in a, everything starts in a seed form mm -hmm. and everything is started in a seed form, even ministry. So it, you have to identify, okay, Lord, where is my area of influence right now? Right. Because if you don't have the opportunity to speak in front of a congregation with a microphone, where is your influence right now? Because wherever your influence is, that's where your ministry is. That's so good. Yeah. It, it It's there. And for a lot of people, number one, they don't recognize where their realm of influence is. And the second thing about that is if they, even if they do, they think it's not big enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they have some kind of expectation. They, they have, yeah. Well, the thing is, if, if you're not willing to steward the little, then you're not going to know yeah. how to steward the more when it comes. Yeah. Because it's actually in stewarding the little bit that the Lord has given you and doing it well and making mistakes there right. and fixing your mistakes and your messes there that actually better equips you mm -hmm. to then move to a bigger realm of influence. So it really is for a lot of people's own protection. That's so good. That they're not given something huge to steward right away right. before they have been approved and proven themselves with the seed form that yeah. the Lord has given them. Right. So for me, that's where mine started. I, I recognize that my influence is outside of the church. And I stewarded what who the Lord sent me. Yeah. And honestly, it started with my own family. Mm -hmm. And then it went to, because I was a cosmetologist for many years, then it went to whoever sat in my chair. And and this is this is key, was open and willing. Yeah. Um if they were not open and they were not, for, they had to be open to me. If they would open up to me and it wasn't me forcing myself on them or into their personal lives. But for whatever reason, a lot of people would sit in my chair and they would open themselves up to me. And that was my invitation by them mm -hmm. to then come into their life and, and have some influence. But it was, but that's another thing too is, is etiquette to not force yourself on somebody to minister to them, but to really, number one, be led of the Lord. And then number two, if you are led of the Lord, ask their permission. Right. Because a lot of times, even if the, we are led of the Lord, if they're not open to hearing what we have to say, mm -hmm. then we could really cause a lot more harm than, than right. we do help. Well, help and you know, them. I just have to interject here too, that when I came up under them, you know, I reached out to Marcy at one point and was like, hey, I need you to mentor me. And she refused. <laughs> she was like, I don't do that. But again, that was like, that was that church type of, you know, well, that's what you do, right? Like, if you don't know what you're doing, you go find somebody that knows what they're doing. And you're like, help me, which is, which is well, all well and good. But, you know, we talked about this the other day. We are not um, task oriented, you know, type of people, we are relationally oriented. And so it's not that she was cutting us off or anything like that. It's, it's more, it's deeper than that. It's like, she was opening the door. If you want relationship, I'm for that. Mm -hmm. I will do that. 
But if you want me to just directly come in and you know tell you what you're doing right, tell you what you're doing wrong, I'm not I'm not for that. And y'all, that like changed my life. It really did because it, it put me back in my proper place too. Because in that I was kind of flailing, you know, around and and the Lord, Holy Spirit is our teacher. Right. Ultimately. Yes. And he brings people to walk with you in relationship, right. not as a taskmaster. Or, you know, I think a lot of people get tripped up, too, is with needing affirmation after affirmation after affirmation. But it's Holy Spirit that wants to affirm you. And he's never, ever going to put somebody in your life that's going to replace his voice. That's right. True mentorship is friendship. I love yeah. that. That's why the Bible says we're called to be friends of God. Mm -hmm. God is the greatest mentor there is. Mm -hmm. When you went back to the original question, you asked about our process of what we went through, how we navigated those feelings. What did it feel like when people would come in and we'd go through the hurt, the pain, and all that? Well, here, one thing that uh, people need to understand is people always feel disappointment when they have unrealistic expectations of things. And so what would happen and over the course of the years, and I've been serving in technical, we call it five-fold ministry or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it, in the church. I've been ministering in the church for over 30 years and went through a lot of crazy stuff. But when I was in Bible college and you know, everybody's saying, I'm called to the ministry, I didn't realize what they were saying we were called to. It was, it's, it's called to go through a lot of a lot of hard things with people because you know people have this this whole understanding of what they perceive ministry to be like it's a, uh, again it's like it's supposed to be glamorous glitzy it's supposed to be uh, people are gonna look at me and receive the revelation i have and and it's like i'm really i'm stepping into my call hallelujah i'm finally for my purpose my destiny is here but no real ministry is actually when you are apprehended by God by encountering people that literally are disagreeing with you. And this is, again, what we're stewarding over the course of this, even 425 is only five years old. You've seen us. We've, we've gone through a lot. And most of the, the persecution and most of the things that we've walked through never came from unsaved people. It really didn't. I mean, unsaved people, people who don't follow the Lord are actually not our, they're not their, they haven't been our biggest problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, our biggest heartache has actually been from people within the church. However, we're not called to get jaded in it. Right. And that's, I think that's what's happening. You're seeing in the body of Christ in the, in the North American church, especially, and I'm sure it's going all around the world is there's what's called that deconstruction uh, mentality, the deconstruction movement. It's happening because of hurt. It's happening because of unrealistic expectations. And so what's taking place are people are actually coming into church with, they look at how a church is ran or how it's going. And instead of seeing any bit of treasure, they say, I've got a prophetic gift and I'm going to call out all the bad things. I mean, we've had people come in here, I see this spirit, I see this spirit, and, and, and it's my God sent me here to fix you. No, God didn't send you here to fix us. Mm -hmm. Besides, you don't know us. You right. don't have a relationship with us. Right. You haven't walked in our shoes. You don't know what the people are going through. You don't know the process of somebody. We can have one of our people that are, that are uh, going to our church for a long time. They could have a complete flesh meltdown in front of complete strangers, and those people would think that they're demonized. Mm -hmm. But they don't know. Wait a second. 
their child's in addiction. They don't right. know what they're going through. Right. And that's the thing is you as a as a leader is learning to walk through these hard relationships with people. It's not for the faint of heart. And that's why I've said this, and I believe with all of my heart, the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are in the body are actually, there's less of them than you think. There really is. Is not everybody can be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. If we had everybody as the fivefold ministry, who's actually going to do the work of the ministry? Well, and do you do you think that there are people who have the ability to walk in that and just choose not to? Oh yeah, yeah. There, there, do you think that there might be more of them than? There's a lot of people that fail to accept the call because the call is to people and yes. not that whole I'm on stage, everybody's you know talking right. about my anointing and mm-hmm. my my purpose. It really is like you're the stepping stones. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you got to get stepped on. Well, that's uh, okay. I'll give you an example. Anybody that the Lord usually calls into an apostolic ministry, which an apostolic, if they're if God is calling somebody to be an apostle, mm-hmm. it's either a father or a mother. Right. Usually the first place that God sends them in training is in children's ministry. Mm. And that's the one ministry that no one wants to go into. Right. <laughs> but that's where I started. Right. I mean, Marcy served in children's ministry. That's again, if it can now if you tell people Hey, are you called to be an apostle? I'm called to be an apostle. Well, you know, the first step is you've got to die to yourself, learn how to father, learn how to mother a child. Right. Volunteer once a month. No, no, I'm, I'm, that's not, that's not my call. Well, that shows that you're not ready to steward that actual call. Well, and haven't you seen people too, who are, who, who believe that they're called to be apostles, but they don't understand sonship. They don't. And they don't understand how to submit to a father. Right. Well, that's and that's the thing. Most people don't know how to submit to a father because most people don't know how to be a son. Mm-hmm. And again, as even Marcy's walking with me through this, I'm learning how to be a father. And it's again, it's a father isn't just somebody that just tells you what to do. Right. A father is actually someone that actually wants their ceiling to be your floor. Right. And I like what uh, Larry Randolph said. This I love Larry Randolph. He says the difference between a son and a father is this. A son, sons compete with sons. Fathers don't compete with sons. And so when you see a real father or a real mother, they're not competing with their children. Mm-hmm. They're actually wanting them to excel further than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. However, if you have somebody that's saying, I'm a spiritual father, but yet they want to still be the, the big boss, right. it's, 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 it's just a heart issue, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Now, we were talking about this earlier, is a lot of people miss out in stepping into what they're destined by God to do. And the main thing is, our destiny is Jesus. That's it. Jesus is the reward. He's the destiny. But there's certain assignments or certain giftings He places in us or invitations. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, I mean, you're called, but few are chosen. Honest to God, Gina and Marcy, I believe that it really means many are invited, but few choose to RSVP, I'm going. Well, because it's death. You're signing up for death, right? It's total death. Mm -hmm. And and what it is, is they they confuse uh, fear for wisdom. Yeah. I'm not ready yet. Guess what? You ain't ever going to be ready. I mean, if you feel that you're ready, it's proof that you're not you're not qualified to do it. That's so good. <laughs> That's right. I love that. <laughs> well, that, that'll preach because I mean, here's the thing: God never actually 
has somebody say, Lord, I'm ready for this. Let's do it. No, the Lord always will invite somebody to do something that they don't feel ready. Think about it, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter one, he goes, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, alas, Lord, I'm just but a young person. Right. I have no experience. I have no understanding. And then what did he say? He says, I've called you to pluck up, to root up, to tear down, to deconstruct, mm-hmm. but to build up. That's so good. And so when God calls someone to really build up the body or to tear down something that should be tear down, He's never going to call someone that feels like they're the ones that are called to do it. I love that. That's so good because I love how God works in these opposites. You know, we talked recently about he is alpha and omega Mm -hmm. and those are opposites. And, you know, a lot of times I think when you're, you're called to something and you, you know that the Lord's called you to something, there's this period where everything just comes against you and tears down everything that you thought was true to the end where I don't know about you guys, but it's like, do I even know the Lord? You know? Oh, absolutely. I've had those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and the thing is, is he's actually doing both at the same time. He's tearing down those things and he's building up who you really are in the, in the spirit and him and his spirit. And it's this beautiful chaos. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely.